Good morning. Welcome to St. Anne's Church in Washington, D.C. Leading us in celebration this morning is our pastor, Monsignor Watkins. Our opening hymn for today is Holy, Holy, Holy. Please rise and join in singing. ourselves in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. We have just invoked the name of the Trinity on this feast of the Most Holy Trinity, God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray in this sacred hour together that the Holy Spirit come upon us, his church, 
to inspire us to do his will, asking for pardon, peace, and strength to be courageous in defense of the gospel. God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. God, God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the sins of the world have mercy on us you take away the sins of the world receive our prayer you are seated at the right hand of the Father have mercy Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. 
sending into the world the word of truth and the spirit of sanctification made known to the human race your wondrous mystery. Grant us, we pray, that in professing the true faith, we may acknowledge the trinity of eternal glory and adore your unity, powerful in majesty. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. Early in the morning, Moses went up Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, taking along the two stone tablets. Having come down in a cloud, the Lord stood with Moses there and proclaimed his name, Lord. Thus the Lord passed before him and cried out, The Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity. Moses at once bowed down to the ground in worship. Then he said, If I find favor with you, O Lord, do come along in our company. This is indeed a stiff-necked people, yet pardon our wickedness and sins, and receive us as your own. The word of the Lord. Good 
is above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you on the throne of your kingdom. Praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise Reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice. Mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the holy ones greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The word of the Lord. Lord be with you. And with your spirit. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. My dear parishioners and friends of St. Anne's Church, I greet you all who join us by way of electronic media as the church honors the most holy trinity. We have spoken in recent past here from this pulpit about the distinction between wandering and wondering. Wandering, we said, is the result of confusion, not knowing what to do, perhaps even panicking. And in light of so many things happening with the ongoing concerns about the pandemic, as well as the recent demonstrations and marches, both here in Washington and across the nation for racial justice and equality following the death of George Floyd, there's cause for worry and confusion about what is happening now and the future. So a lot of us might be wandering right now not being clear about where things are going or what to do about it. There's a lot of unrest and worry, and that can cause us, again, to wander. But we said a few weeks ago that wondering, on the other hand, is the result of walking humbly with the Lord in the midst of the current crises of the day and to trust in the mystery of his divine power to help us through these crises. What I'm suggesting for you today, and in these days and weeks and even months ahead, as the nation and the world deal with these crises, is to invite you once again to wonder, even as we might wander on occasion. So like that Christmas carol, I wonder as I wander. And I think that little dance between Wandering and wondering is always going to be a mysterious challenge for each of us as we face any crisis. But for us, during this sacred hour of worship and prayer, let us, if we can, put aside, as best we can, the wandering of our lives and breathe in the Holy Spirit into our souls and simply wonder. Today's Feast of the Holy Trinity 
causes us to wonder, to humbly acknowledge the nature of God revealed to us through Jesus and articulated by the church for 2,000 years. So let's wonder about God, who is revealed in a very special way by our divine Lord to the apostles and to us, not only because it says so much about the nature of the Godhead, but because it says so much about human nature itself, which is made in the image and likeness of God. And perhaps this reflection might help us to shed some spiritual light on the complex crises of our day and our own response to them in a more mature manner. Just as a footnote, I'm tired of preaching, so I thought I might do a little teaching today. So please forgive me. But you have nothing else to do, right? You're sitting there in your home, hunkering down, so don't go away too fast. What a better way to spend Sunday than listening to your pastor, right? I want first to talk about the Holy Trinity in the context of mystery, because I think we need to understand what a real mystery is. We speak of the mystery of the Holy Trinity, and we speak about mysteries of faith. My mother was not a Catholic at the time that she married my dad in 1950. She came from the Presbyterian Church. But soon after her marriage, she saw a Catholic priest and inquired into becoming Catholic. The priest asked her, among other questions, whether she accepted the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. My mother responded that she knew a little bit about it, that God was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but that's all she could know, and that's all she really understood. And the priest told her that 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 was sufficient to become Catholic. So she became a Catholic. I'm sure it was more complex than that, but that's the story she told me. My point is that, yes, the Holy Spirit is indeed a mystery, a big mystery of faith, but it is a most intelligent mystery. What do I mean by that? See, I thought mysteries by their very nature are just that. They're mysteries, and that mysteries can't be understood. Well, that's not really the meaning of the truth here. The truth is that mysteries are meant to be solved as best they can. In other words, I can accept that a trinity of persons in one divine Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is a mystery. But that doesn't mean that the mystery is void of reason or intelligence. In fact, what makes a mystery truly a mystery is that it is full of wisdom, intelligence, meaning, purpose. And that I can understand something about it, even if I can't understand everything about it. Who of us, for example, picks up a mystery novel and says, well, it's a mystery, so I might as well close the book because I really don't know how it's going to end. Or I really don't know for certain who done it. No, when we pick up a mystery novel, we read, we try to figure it out for ourselves. Oh, it remains a mystery, but that doesn't mean we can't figure something out about it and understand. No, we pick up the book and start eagerly reading, 
trying to figure out the story piece by piece, putting together the puzzle until we can somehow see something of the big picture of what makes sense, even if we can't see the whole picture. So when you pick up a good murder mystery, for example, you just can't put it down. It grips you. Well, it's something like that going on every time we confront a divine mystery, like the mystery of the Holy Trinity. We just can't put it down. We're eager to know more and more. Or put it another way, we know that mysteries are real and that we desire to really know how it all works out in the end. So therefore, we probe mysteries and try to figure them out. That's what makes them so exciting, so intriguing. On the other hand, we know that myths are just that. Myths are stories. They're not real in themselves. They're made up. So mysteries are not myths. What Jesus reveals, therefore, is not a myth, but a mystery. And so he wants us to probe into them because he wants us to do not so much that we can understand them completely, but to never completely know or understand them doesn't mean that we can't know something about them. So it's very immature to say, well, it's a mystery, so I can't figure it out. No, that's silly. That would be both demeaning to God and to man. God gave us reason, friends. That's a natural gift. So let's use it wisely by his grace to know something about him if we can't know everything about him. So all of these so-called mysteries of the Catholic Christian faith were revealed not by man, but by God himself in Jesus. And since Jesus reveals them, they can't be lies. Jesus can't lie. That's one thing God cannot do. He cannot lie or deceive. So these mysteries are truth. Now, if I had it my way, I really think it would have been much easier historically for the church and for the sake of interreligious dialogue over the centuries with the other great religions of Judaism and Islam if Christianity had simply concluded, as they do, that God is one and one alone and end the story there. We could accept that God is one and one alone with the Jews and Islam and so many other religions of the world and then wouldn't we all get along better? Think about it. No, but to introduce this apparent confusion of the Godhead is three persons in one and one in three. How can three be one and one be three? I just think that's so confusing, isn't it? Wouldn't it have been easier if we just didn't introduce the Holy Trinity to confuse monotheism? It would have been easier to say that we all believe in the same God and that would go miles towards interreligious tolerance. Just to say, God is one. End of story. Well, friends, the mystery of three divine persons in one God was not revealed that way. I'm sorry. Christianity, like the others, believes in one God for sure, but it's a clear monotheism, but it's a Trinitarian monotheism. That's different from the others. 
Or it would have been easier historically if Christianity had said that Jesus is merely a holy prophet, but not God himself. God made flesh. The mystery of the incarnation, we say. Or it would have been easier historically if Christianity had said that Jesus were simply a prophet and that Mary, therefore, is the mother of a prophet, as Islam says. But not the mother of God. The mystery of the Annunciation, the Immaculate Conception, these are confusing in a sense. But they're mysteries, not myths. They're revealed by God as truth. It would have been easier if Catholic Christianity had merely concluded that the elements of bread and wine on the altar of sacrifice at Mass remained just that, a beautiful symbol of our fellowship in Christ, but not the real body and blood of the God-man. Once again, another mystery, the mystery of transubstantiation. Perhaps it would have been easier if there were no religion at all, you say, and that mankind just works out his own destiny. But there is the mystery of creation, the mystery of redemption, the mystery of the cross, and the mystery of the problem of evil in the world. Oh, sometimes I wish it would have been easier. We'd all get along so much better if there weren't all these mysteries. Really? Actually, I don't think so. And more to the point, that's not what God did. So let's take a look at the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity today, the feast we celebrate, as revealed by God and not manipulated by our own personal opinions or about my own wish to revise history. And to my point about wandering versus wondering, it takes real humility to acknowledge that the history of revelations by Jesus to mankind through the church is not my choice, but his. And it is intelligent, because God is most intelligent. And I accept all of this on trust, because wondering requires, as we've said so many times, trust. Trust that everything he said, everything he did, everything he continues to do, is the truth. Now, whether I choose to accept that on faith is the difference between humility, wondering, or my pride, wandering. So having talked at length now about mystery in general, let's apply the nature of mystery to our own human experience. Let's begin not with what we don't know, but what we, what we do know about human relationships and see how that all plays out in relation to God's nature as three persons in one. So there's myself, one person, there's you, another person, and then there is this incredible relationship between you and me, which can't be reduced to just me or you, but there's something between you and me which is real. Call that the friendship between you and me. Call that a bond between you and me. Or as 
the contemporary world calls it some kind of synergy, an energy between you and me. See, that's the third dimension here. I, you, and the in-between. So think about this now. We call that relationship friendship or marriage or whatever you want to call it, but there's a power. But call that reality between you and me something. It's a real experience, something personal, something real, and something mysterious. Not a myth, a mystery. It's a real experience of something personal. Married couples get this when they're truly in relationship, in covenant with each other. And friends get this when they are truly present to each other. Think about all this now as we contemplate God in three persons. Myself, you, and what's in between. So Jesus reveals to us that God is love. Now love, if it is true love, is unconditional. It's not the stuff of love with its conditions and selfish or self-serving motives, manipulative or deceitful machinations. No, pure love. This is what we're talking about when Jesus says God is love, L-O-V-E. So in our human experience, back to what we know, if I really love myself, I will reach out to you in love. I can't just hold it in. If it's true love, I just can't hold on to it. The nature of love is always destined for the other. And you so love me that the fruit of our love in between is something so personal and real, and that's a very special relationship. In fact, that relationship between you and me is our relationship. It constitutes us in relation. Now, that's what's going on in part, I think, with the Holy Trinity. The Father so loves the Son, the Son so loves the Father, and the fruit of that relationship of love is the in-between. It's what's between the Father and the Son, and it's as real as the Father and the Son, but can't be reduced to either the Father or the Son. We call that between, that relationship, the Holy Spirit, the third element, the third personal element, the third person of the Godhead. And a perfectly supreme being must also be eternal. So the love, which is God, the God who is love, is eternal. So the Father so loves the Son eternally, and the Son so loves the Father eternally, that the relationship between the two is also eternal. Hence, the Holy Spirit is eternal, like the Father and the Son. They're one in relationship through each other, one and three, three and one. 
Are you beginning to get it? It's a mystery, but that doesn't mean that we don't know something about it. So, God, therefore, is one. Love is one. God is eternal. Love is eternal. God is divine. Love, therefore, is divine. That's perfect love. Isn't that neat? And what's even more incredibly neat about this is that if the human being is made in the image and likeness of God, then you and I are destined to love like God. Wow. I was always destined, created, to love and to be loved. Who can do that more perfectly? Who can love me more, most? I desired in friendship, I desired in marriage, I desired it many different ways, but who can love me most? Who knows me most? Who understands me most? But God, who created me in his image and likeness, to know and to love myself, to know and to love you, and therefore between us, that mystery of friendship in love that unites us, the spirit between us. And all this is done most beautifully when we love with the love of God, which graces our individual love and elevates it to a more powerful dimension and purpose. Now, the love of God, we said, is eternal. It is also perfectly eternal, therefore universal. God not only loves eternally, he loves universally. That is, the love of God knows no end. It's not just this love or that love, like I love you and you love me and I love this person or that person, but God's love is for all persons. Now, this is the challenge because I say, I can't love like that. That's always the default, right? I can't do what God does. Only God can love universally. Well, let's think about that. If you get caught up into the love of God, you're beginning to participate in a power that can extend beyond particular friendships, beyond particular persons that you love, to them. So there's I and you, and now them, whoever they may be. Now, this is very important. But I can get caught up into loving them, and I don't even have to know them by name. We say, I can't love perfectly like God. I can't even love my wife, my husband, my child perfectly like God. So how am I going to love them as God loves them? But when we unite my own little love to his and hand over my own little love to his, which is perfect, he can do that work for me. See, he can love them because I want him to. I need him to since I can't do it alone. And so this is where I offer my love through prayer. I unite my love with his perfect prayer before the Father. The Son acts on my behalf. 
And I can do this now. I can hand over my love to him to do this by power of the Holy Spirit. To love them. To love them unconditionally. He does this through his sacrifice. An unconditional act of love for the living, for the dead, for people of all religions, all race, without distinction. This is beginning to be very important in our time as we hope we can relearn the lessons of God's love universally for all God's children, regardless. So race. Think about this now. God loves them when I can't. But I'm invited and challenged to do it as best I can through prayer. I don't know them, we say. But to say that I don't know them, it would be a mistake to say that I don't care about them. Ah, that's the rub, huh? No. No, I love them. I love them. I love them all. Regardless. Whether living or dead, whether black or white, whether rich or poor, Christian or not, young or old, healthy or sick, it'll make no difference now when you're caught up into the love of God. See, if I so love God, I am then going to love my neighbor, whoever that neighbor may be, personally known or someone I don't even know. And I can do this by taking part in the most powerful love of God manifest in their divine experience, which is the Holy Spirit. See, I can get wrapped up into the reality of God through the Holy Spirit, who is God, that third person of the one God. Now, friends, that's a mystery. That's a mystery novel. It's a novel. It's called the Bible. It's called the church's word and tradition. And I just can't put that book down. I can't wait to see how it all ends. Well, maybe for later. But it's all worked out mysteriously, not mythically, but mysteriously at Mass. So stay in touch with us to see how it all unfolds in a minute. Okay, you say that's enough for today. And I agree. But you see, that's what a real, intelligent, and exciting mystery does. It causes you to think, to stretch your mind, to imagine the possibilities, and to probe things that are not the customary day-to-day stuff of life. Time for a break. My point to all of you is that you can love with the love of God. God so loved the world, we say in today's gospel. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that the world could be saved through him. Get caught up in the love of God, which is one, eternal, personal, and universal. If you really want to love, then love as does God, who unconditionally surrendered himself in the sacrifice of his body and blood, the outpouring of love for you, the outpouring of love for his Father. The Holy Spirit will be your advocate to that end. He promised it that way. You better believe it. Love of that sort can change lives. Love of that sort can heal wounds and divisions between peoples and races. Love of that sort never fails. 
God, says St. Paul, is love. And love is patient. Love is kind. Love is compassionate, forgiving, never vengeful, not counting transgressions, not pompous or conceited, not deceitful, never angry. Oh, you can begin to see how this incredible mystery of love of the Holy Trinity of God has real impact for the world today and in our time, in our nation. As you wonder, as you wander today, reflect on the perfect love of God and what that should mean for you and for us all. Are you looking for love? Then wonder about the nature of God who is true love, a Father, a Son, a Holy Spirit, a united, intelligent, monotheistic one. God loves you. God loves the world. God save us through the love of your divine Son, we say. All glory be then to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We proclaim our ancient faith, which is organized in a Trinitarian way, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when we say, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things are made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who is spoken through the prophets. I believe in one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. To our most merciful and gracious Lord, let us now present our petitions filled with faith and confidence in the mystery of his love. For our church and parish community, that guided by the Spirit of God, we may not harbor judgment and condemnation, but seek instead reconciliation and peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who serve the church as pastors and ministers, that they may proclaim the great love of God, the love revealed to us by Christ Jesus, and now present among us in the Holy Spirit, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. 
for the nations and peoples of the world, that they may recognize the sacredness of God's creation and work together for its just use and protection. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For parents, teachers, and all who are entrusted with the care and education of children, that they may help our sons and daughters grow in God's ways of compassion and peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all men and women discerning a call to the priesthood and consecrated life, that they may draw wisdom and strength from the Blessed Trinity. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all our deceased relatives and friends, that they may be heirs of the eternal life of God, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all the prayers we now offer in the silence of our hearts, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Gracious and loving Father, by power of the Holy Spirit, we present to you all our prayers, all our needs, all our hopes, all our worries and concerns, petitioning you who know us and love us perfectly to grant what we need to do your will and to accept a share in your love that we might love them whom you love perfectly through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now just a few announcements. Tonight, here at St. Anne's at 7.30 p.m., we will live stream, where you're watching right now, a recital to benefit the Tenley Town small businesses that are struggling due to the coronavirus epidemic. Pianist Martin Labazovich, who recently joined the roster of Steinway artists, and vocalist Natalie J. Plum, will perform uplifting spirituals. We'll also have a moment of silence and prayer for peace for those impacted during this pandemic and for equality and dignity of life, regardless of race, religion, or creed, within our beloved community. Note tonight that the church doors will close at 7 p.m. Next Saturday, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., you can participate in a contactless food drop-off on the Yuma Street side of our church. Items you can donate are listed on our website and printed on the grocery bags. There's a grocery bag for you with the information. At every entrance of the church, you'll find a bag which is open for private prayer during the week. And as always, we're grateful for your contributions and all that you do to help sustain St. Anne's Parish. So please visit stannedc.org give to support our parish at this time. Through bonds of faith, hope, and love, we are united. For you who are here by way of spiritual communion, remember that the graces of this Mass are afforded you, as they are for me, as they are through Christ for all. During the preparation of the gifts, please join in singing the hymn, Faith of Our Fathers. Oh, 
vision, fire and sword. Oh, how our hearts beat high with joy whenever we hear that glorious word. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to thee till death. Our fathers chained in prisons dark were still in heart and conscience free and blessed would be the children's fate if we like them should die for thee faith of our fathers Pray that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name. 
for our good and the good of all this holy church. Sanctify by the invocation of your name, we pray, O Lord our God, this oblation of our service, that by it make of us an eternal offering to you, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift him up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. For with your only begotten Son and the Holy Spirit, you are one God, one Lord, not in the unity of a single person, but in a trinity of one and holy substance, for what you have revealed to us of your glory, we believe equally of your Son and of the Holy Spirit, so that in confessing of the true and eternal Godhead, you might be adored in what is proper to each person, their unity in substance, and their equality in majesty. For this is praised by angels and archangels, cherubim too and seraphim, who never cease to cry out each day, as with one voice they acclaim. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you.
In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks to you that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Wilton, our bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles, St. Anne, and all the saints who pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Forever and ever. Amen. 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 At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe 
from all distress as we wait the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but upon the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your Take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away sins of the world grant us peace behold the Lamb of God behold him who takes away the sins of the world blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe to everlasting life.
world, but that the world through him might be saved. God so loved the world, God so Let us pray. May receiving this sacrament, O Lord our God, bring us health of body and soul as we confess your eternal Holy Trinity and undivided unity through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we make our spiritual communion before the Blessed Sacrament as you receive spiritually this day the graces accorded by the Holy Eucharist. Lord Jesus Christ, we believe that you are truly present, body and blood, in the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist. For those who cannot physically receive you this day, they beg your grace by spiritual communion, that truly the graces we have received may be theirs and for the world. For we believe that you are present to us even now, forms of bread and wine in the hearts that we have received by faith given to us by the gift of your Holy Spirit. 
Increase within us that faith to believe your presence, your power, and your desire to save us and to make us one with you, who are Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Mass is ended. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing our closing hymn, O God, Almighty Father. Our eternal